Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, have you been able to go outside and breathe that fresh, clean Midwest air? Um, I have not. They have told us that minimize your outdoor activities today because we have unhealthy level air quality today due to all of that Saharan dust that blew on in. Wait, dust? Not coronavirus, right? Dust. Dust. Oh. Hmm. So unhealthy air quality because of dust. How nice. Yeah. Not even dust from this country. Well, that's uh, well. you guys got plenty of dust in the Midwest, don't you? Yes. But this is Sahara dust. This is the Sahara dust. Uh, I will say this. We've talked about this a lot on the show. We talked about last year and the year before. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is not new to 2020. I know a lot of people believe it is. And I know a lot of people believe that the character from The Mummy is involved in this latest train of Sahara dust. If you believe, <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> if you believe any memes you've seen on social media. But, uh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of sub-Saharan African content dust, or continent, not content, uh, continent dust that is affecting a major portion of the United States. Yes. It's been hazy here the past couple of days, and today I... I don't know if it's just more has come in. And when I woke up this morning, uh, we were in unhealthy air quality. But they said it should improve throughout the day. So I think winds will pick up and clear some of this out. But it's, it is pretty hazy. It feels like it's cloudy, but it's really not. It's really not cloudy. It's just, it's just dusty. It's so weird because you're right. We have dealt with this the past couple of years, but this year feels a little bit more extreme. Right. I think it's more probably the hypersensitivity of everybody that's, you know, paying any bit of attention. Right. And again, that's a good thing. We talk about this show a lot where we want people to be be informed, pay attention. So they're like, oh, look, sub-Saharan dust. Well, it's here. Um, let me ask you this, because obviously I don't have it here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, does it like leave a residue on your car? Do you notice it like on buildings or surfaces or is it just something that's just kind of up in the air? And you can maybe tell that there's something there. It's really just up in the air. It, I haven't like, like I don't feel it on me. Like, or if the wind blows, I don't feel dust hitting my face and I don't see it deposited really anywhere. But I bet if we got any kind of moisture, like if we had a little shower come through or something, I bet once it dried on the car, you would see a pretty decent dust residue, but no, it's just kind of up, up in the air. It almost, I would compare it to if you have wildfires nearby and it's hazy like that gotcha. from the smoke. That's kind of how it is. You mentioned something before we started taping that it still feels very humid. So you still yes. have that sticky factor, but you have this drier air up in the atmosphere. So, you know, let's let's look at that a little bit. Uh, first question is, one, how is that possible? Because we know that <laughs> this, you know, Saharan dust dries out the atmosphere. So how is it still superhuman? That's so... This is going to be my fallback explanation for crazy things is it's 2020. 
Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a good go-to right now. Yes, it is. Because this is just one of those years. Um, I, I don't know how it's both, but it is still, it's gross outside. It's still gross. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I thought the dust would help, but it's just not. Maybe it's too high up. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe the dust is at a higher elevation, and then the warm, moist air has come in, and it's at a lower elevation. I you mean, know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, that would be honestly the only explanation I could think of is this dust is maybe, say, you know, between ten and 15,000 feet up. Obviously, it's being moved around in large quantities, right? And we know that you yes. guys have that southwesterly flow you know, that high up. So it would not surprise me if the dust is in that, you know, range above the ground. And so you do have that low level moisture that does sit there. And I mean, you guys are still in storm season in theory. Um, right. If we ever actually had a storm season. Um, it was last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It ended last week from what everybody, again, speaking of weather, Twitter, everyone's like, Oh, well, you know, chase season was dumb this year. Well, you know, yeah, okay. Maybe, you know, it was still pretty active in Dixie Alley. It was still pretty active in parts of the Plains. Um, hail really kind of was still the big storm story, but, you know, I, I, again, And a blizzard, right? Oh, yeah. A blizzard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blizzards and, you know, nor'easters and uh, what's, you know, wake lows and everything else that happens. So, you All know. adds up to 2020. It does. It really <laughs> does. Hi, Clyde. I swear. He's got to contribute in some form of He fashion. does. Clyde is the often heard from but never actually heard from member of B squared. Clyde is a uh, Bonnie's dog, and we love Clyde. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's got his broccoli toy, which is mo his most obnoxious loud toy that he went to get. <laughs> of course, he does he did. that every time I'm on the phone with anybody. He's <laughs> it's like he's attention starved or something. Mm, I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, okay? I, I, it's not from me. I don't either. I don't either. But see, he's like the sub-Saharan dust. He just shows up, he, you know, makes some noise for a while, and then he'll go back to doing what he does. Oh, I like it better when he takes a nap while we're taping and not begs for attention. Come up here and sit down, please. There. Oh, he's a good boy. Well, you know, speaking of sub-Saharan dust and African dust and drying out, you know, the atmosphere, one effect this thing does have is it has a tendency to squash any type of tropical formations, tropical... Um, you know, enhancements, anything like that in terms of the tropics. Well, Bonnie, it's been very quiet in the tropics. And if you've seen any satellite photos, you understand why this dust plume has, you know, made its way. It's transverse the uh, Atlantic Ocean. It is now in the continental United States. It stretches back all the way out through Puerto Rico and, you know, still parts of it over the Atlantic. But we finally this morning have an area of disturbance. So National Hurricane Center has put out um, a percentage guide saying, hey, we have a disturbance somewhere between Africa and the Lesser Antilles. Uh, it's several hundred miles west-southwest of the Cape Verde Islands, or sorry, Cabo Verde Islands, moving west-northwest 15 to 20 miles an hour. Some slow development of the system is possible in the next two to three days. After that time, environmental conditions become less conducive for development because there's still a lot of dust in the atmosphere. Um, formation chances through 48 hours, 10% formation chances through five days, low 20%. So there's something there they're watching it, but they don't think it's going to be anything special. 
Well, maybe this is like a calm before the storm situation. And once this dust right. clears out, it's just going to be like fireworks. And all these storms are just going to fire, you know? So It's possible. I mean, we've seen it before. Yeah. Well, the Atlantic is not the only area they're watching. There is a area disturbance in the eastern Pacific. Um, again, very low chance of formation over the next uh, two to five days. Um, an area of disorganized thunderstorms located a few hundred miles off the coast of southwestern Mexico. System expected to move northwestward 15 miles an hour. Parallel to the coast of Mexico, some development is possible before it reaches cooler waters in the next day or so. Uh, 20% chance of formation. So not a whole lot happening, unfortunately. But well, hopefully that changes eventually. Right. But um, we got to get the dust out of here right. first. And if you want, I mean, go take a look at the visible satellite photo between Africa and the United States. And again, unfortunately, they don't. Uh, oh, I got to do zoom in on this real quick. Five, okay. So basically between 15 and 25 degrees north, you know, it's kind of that area where we look for storms to, uh, to kind of, you know, kick up and start this time of year in the Atlantic and there's really nothing there. Some very, you know, small showers or maybe a pop-up thunderstorm or two, but basically from the African continent all the way to the Bahamas, there's not a whole lot happening. Well, we need some sort of jet stream change or something right. to move this all out of here. Right. And it will, uh, you know, again, it goes in waves, right? We know that, you know, next 10 days will probably get a reprieve from it so i feel like all this dust is going to become condensation nuclei around the world at some point you know oh i'm sure it will i'm sure it will as you know dust is that's what forms raindrops and snowflakes yeah right? something need, needs to attach so there we go well the other big story this week in the weather world is a twister reboot yes which I feel like the weather community is torn because I have seen excitement and I have seen don't touch the classic. Like that's what I've right. seen. And let me just say, no one's touching the classic. The classic will still be there. Yes, it will be. But I always think that it's fun to remake old movies with newer technology, different actors, different stories, different because so much has happened between when that Twister movies come out and right. now. So there's so many like, stories and events and things like that that they can play off of and i just think like why not let's just see it doesn't mean that the first twister is not going to be the first twister you know like right. it will always be our baby and our classic but what's wrong with a new one too right i mean for starters nssl is no longer in a small one-story building on the edge of the airport exactly like they have a whole weather center in right. norman that maybe they will allow some sort of action in but i don't know you never know we'll find out well speaking of, of action and uh nssl and spc i don't know if you saw evan bentley our friend he tweeted out a photo that says oh look the national weather center looks like a crime scene so with social distancing yes. they put all the you know chairs and couches up and so they put caution tape around it like don't sit here yeah i thought it was pretty funny so if you haven't seen that go to uh uh our weather uh page on twitter at weather podcast i believe we retweeted it if not we will go back and do that but all right, so Twister. Well, and reboot. I will say, yeah, like, un unrelated, well, sort of unrelated, um, but just a little side note. It's all OU related. Is now, well, it's but OU has now required all students, faculty, staff. If you're on campus, you have to wear a mask. It's smart. Uh, it's smart. yeah, it is. 
it is. But I think that's how they're trying to still keep in-person classes. Sure. Well, I think that's uh, one of the only options they have. I mean, some programs you can do distance learning. Other ones, I don't know if that's an option. Right, exactly. And that's the issue is like, yeah, there's a lot of classes that they can move to online, but there are some that like you have to be in person or it's a lab or something like that where you can't do that away from right. being in person. So they're trying to work around it as best they can. Um, I'll say my application is under review and they said it takes two to three weeks for an answer. So uh, it's a waiting game for me right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, so going back to Twister and the reboot, in the same photo from Evan Bentley, you saw very quietly in the shadows, Toto 1 and Dorothy, I believe it's 3 or 4 that's in, in the the lobby there. But um, yeah, this reboot's going to be interesting. Like you said, a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions on it. I personally think it's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see, again, who they choose to cast, what the actual plot line is. But you and I were talking before we started taping about other weather movies that maybe aren't the greatest and you know we kind of have our own you know <laughs> our own take on it i mean you mentioned the day after tomorrow again it's a great cult classic right um yes. the world is ending there's a polar vortex which is you know the big nasty scary thing that we see during the winter that brings down all that really cold air this one just happened to be a little bit more on the on the cold side so you know it, it's it's great to jump to the extreme and again, day after tomorrow was put out on the premise of this is what will happen eventually with climate change. So we'll have right. these massive swings of temperature within several minutes. And, you know, you'll go from 80 to, you know, minus 30 in a matter of minutes. So you need to find a restaurant to break into and fire up the gas furnace just so you have some heat. Again, <sighs> highly unlikely, but it makes for a great story. Um, let's add another one to that list is San Bernardino. Yes. Well, I mean, and we can do Sam. We can do Dante's Peak. We can in any natural disaster movie. And shout out to our emergency management friends who listen to the show. You guys know who you are. Um, we thank you for the work that you do because I know this thing is all up your alley. And I'm sure these movies just make you cringe every time you see one. Look, Rock is going to be the one that saves us all. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he will. During a natural disaster, it will be the Rock. And what's his face? Jake Gyllenhaal. Them. Yeah. They will be the ones. What about Pierce Brosnan? Okay, fine. Him also. I mean, I, I would say Bill Paxton, but rest in peace, Bill. So He already saved us. He did. Many times. Yes. <laughs> I believe. Which I love Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill's awesome. Um, so, again, day after tomorrow. And then I wanted to jump into probably the worst wannabe Twister reboot called Into the Storm. This thing came out in 2014. This movie one was hot trash. And that might be a very, that might be it a very. It was an on fire garbage. Oh, it, seriously, it was. Um, and again, I, I love Twister. If you know anything about me and if you listen to the show for any amount of time. I mean, hell, it's in our intro, right? Yes. So when I get a new movie about tornadoes, I'm amped up to see it. This thing was terrible. One, within the first like five minutes, they're like, oh, it's an animator. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's an animometer. And I literally said that out loud in the theater. My twin sister like slapped me. She's like, come on, <laughs> give it a chance. It was just terrible. It was, it was what a. What they call it? An anometer? Yes, an anometer. And I'm just like, okay. Again, you look at Twister and you look at the credits and you go through and you see that Gary England, 
the god of TV weather forecasting, right, was yes. listed as a consultant. Now, again, I get it. There were some script changes that had to be made. You cannot tell uh, Tornado's F scale at the time by what it looks like on radar. Okay, we understand this. It's a movie. We're not taking this literally, right? It's not the meteorological Bible like Twister. Here you go. You're not watching Twister at OU to get your degree, right? Okay. Yes, that is a class. I, I'm sure it is. It's called an elective. It's not required to get your degree. I'm sure that you guys do watch it, though. I'm sure that, you know, the National Weather Center has Twister Day or whatever it is, and they watch the film. It's great. But you understand what I'm saying. So this film was just terrible. And, you know, it had the retimmer knockoff guy driving around, Sean Casey knockoff in, you know, the TIV or, you know, whatever version of, you know, Reed's vehicle they're using these days. And this thing gets sucked up into a storm. It's like, oh, cool. Check it out. I'm 30,000 feet above. And I know what the inside of a tornado is. And now my car's going to come crashing back to earth and I'm going to die. Like, like Wizard of Oz style. Like straight up. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, the people that end up surviving this are in a drainage ditch or some type of culvert. And, you know, they're worried about being sucked through some metal bars. And it's just like, <sighs> it was bad. I'm sorry. And, yes, I understand it made $131 million or $161 million. Okay, great. It, you know, made $100 million in total revenue. You know, it cost $50 million to make. Brought in $161 million. Okay, great. It's based in the town of Silverton, Oklahoma, and it's graduation day, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, like I was going through and I was reading the reviews here. And, you know, I'm just going to read one of them because it was just, it was hilarious. Actually, I'll take that back. I'm going to read the, the just the subsection. Yeah, check this out on Wikipedia, by the way. Just go into the Storm 2014 film. Variety Scott Fondas called the film a feature-length VFX demo, so virtual effects. Re, uh, demo reel that makes one pine for the glory days of Jean de Bont. Jean de Bont was the director of Twister. Okay. So one, there, there's the first like slap upside the face to it. Right. Scott Mendelson of Forbes reviewed the film and commented that the film is visually dazzling and mostly successful in updating the disaster film for the YouTube age. Okay. So we've gone from Twister's, you know, what was groundbreaking visual effects to, okay, this looks pretty real. Great. He said the, re the special effects work is basically flawless and absolutely get what you arguably came to see. You want big screen images of insanely large scale tornadoes and big scale devastation and disaster carnage. Question mark. Into the Storm gives you plenty of rock solid disaster porn. Mm -hmm. But not the acting to go along with it. No. And I mean, it was just it was terrible. <laughs> Ugh, well, it, I just. We need. And again, I, I get I don't know who's going to direct the new film. I know there's some, you know, speculation out there, but I'm just going to put this plea out there and I want the rest of the weather community to join me in echoing this. Bring somebody on board that knows what they're talking about when you write the script. So when you write it, it's more believable from the weather community aspect. That's all I ask. Yes. That's all there's I ask. a lot of people, especially here in Oklahoma, which I'm going to assume, but I could assume wrong, that the new Twister would also take place in Oklahoma. But you know what? I could be wrong. I, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure but it, it would will. make sense. But whatever. Well, I mean, listen, we can again, we can all nitpick this and we really do need to do an episode. And yes, our friends at uh, Stormfront Freaks did the drinking game with, Twi with Twister, which is hilarious. Um, 
we need to do our own video where we do the running commentary because again i found one thing to nitpick okay and the very end when they're getting ready to deploy the big tornado and they're out chasing they're out driving and they're like oh well we're supposed to be near wakita oklahoma now if you know the demographic or you know the geography of oklahoma wakita is where in oklahoma bonnie i believe it's north yes it's like in the northeast corner of the state yes however in a scene where they're driving through the tornado you quickly see a texas highway sign on the right side of the screen those things are nowhere near could be true though and like it could be if it was like on a highway it could be like oh this is the highway you want if you're trying to get to texas no this is like this is like a highway marker like this is the road you are on right now oh well (laughs) again (laughs) they didn't uh, clearly hire a geography consultant for that they did not yeah wakita (laughs) if you if you pull up a map and you find by the way i need to call the twister museum i keep forgetting to do that um it's it's been on my to do list for three weeks, aka four months, uh, aka two <laughs> years. Uh, yeah, Wakita is in the northeast part of the state. Uh, actually, take that back. It's dead center in the state of Oklahoma. It's just west of what is the interstate that runs north south? I thirty five. Uh, yeah, it is thirty five. So yeah, it's west of I thirty five. It's near Medford, near Pond uh, Creek. It's kind of near Ponca City, just to the west of Ponca City. But yeah, Wakita is in the middle of nowhere. But it's very close yeah, it to is. the Kansas uh, Kansas border. So, yeah. again, I could understand if it was a Kansas road sign, fine. But this thing ain't nowhere near Texas. So, <laughs> that is my that is my only complaint. My only complaint. Now, it's a valid wa- complaint. And, and if somebody wants to get technical with me, they're like, well, you know, Wakita's kind of close to the Texas Panhandle. Yes, I understand that. But it's not where they said the storm would be. So... By the way, we really need to do like a geographical reference of when they're chasing and where these storms are. Because I think that would actually really help people. Yeah. No, I agree. So. I agree. This is where it was supposed to be. I It might be nearly impossible to do it. But hey, I have nothing but free time right now. I'm only working four jobs. It's all good. Right. You have all this free time on your hands. All so the free time. time. All the free time. So, again, the movie Into the Storm was hot garbage. I'm just going to come out and say that. And if you disagree with me, well, I'm sorry. Rotten Tomatoes agrees with me. And pretty much every other rating service agreed with me. So I just hope that the new Twister reboot will do justice and continue the legacy of the original. And I think it will. But I am cautiously optimistic. Yes. I mean, same. Like, there's a bunch of remakes out there that are also garbage. or Sharknado 1 through 7? Those are classics. Those are treasures. I've never seen them, actually. I think I've only seen the first one, but I didn't really watch the whole thing. But it's it's pretty bad. Okay, I'm pulling up Sharknado because apparently there's a lot of them. So there are five. five it's sh- really bad. I don't even know how there's five. Okay. How's there five Sharknados and only one twist? It's like, that Sharknado, Sharknado 2, the second one, which is a terrible name for a movie, by the way. <laughs> Sharknado 3, all hell no. <laughs> Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens. Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. (laughs) Global Swarming. I am dead. And apparently there are six, I'm sorry, there are six, uh, the last Sharknado, it's about time. I don't know if that's actual uh, thing, but uh, apparently it is. And if you look at the cast, it's basically 90210, a lot older. Yeah. Hmm. There, well, there's like random people in it. Like, there's, I think, like Kyle 
Richards, who is on The Real Housewives of Beverly yep. Hills. I think she's in one of them. So it's like some like really random people, but like people you know. It's just, you know. Oh, yeah. Tara Reed's in it. Ian yes, Zealand yes. in it. John Hurd's in it. Um, Jason Simmons is in it. Uh, I mean, just go right down the list of like random people. Connor Wheel is in it. Christopher Wolf's in it. Um, somebody named Petunia's in it. I don't know who Petunia is. <laughs> Um, Somebody named Petunia. I gotta click on it now. I gotta find out who it is. Um, Petunia, you click on her like her like face on um on the cast, and it just picks up a bunch of pictures of flowers. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah. So just <laughs> random random stuff, but like people in the background, they're like, oh, you know, Elizabeth Gallagher, who is a well known actress, just in the background. And it's like all these people are just like listed as people in the background is actually really funny <laughs> it's just bad i mean it's just bad it's a bad movie bad series but hey you know what if if there's five or six of them that were made i'm sure somebody enjoyed it and i'm sure somebody went to the movies for it did they even come out in theaters i thought they were um the sci-fi channel movies or something they might have been i thought sharknado one was actually in theaters let me look let's go back maybe it was maybe it was well let's look sharknado sharknado 2 the second one. Oh, okay <laughs> That's just terrible. Uh, let's see here. Estimated budget was a million dollars for Sharknado One. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh it was released. Budget was two million dollars for the first one. Where was it released? Wow, just two million. Wow, that's why uh, it was. Yeah, it was. So it was a typical sci-fi uh, original film. However, the film uh, was a trend on Twitter, and people were talking about it. Let's see here. Yep, they were all on sci-fi. A represent. Oh, here we go. A representative of the, of the National Weather Service League jokingly recommended what to do in case of Sharknado, saying, at, quote, as with any water spout or tornado, the best advice is to be in an interior part of the lowest <laughs> floor of a sturdy building and not outside, whether sharks are raining down or not, unquote. <laughs> Organization- I'm so glad somebody put out, like, safety preparedness tips for right. a Sharknado. Right. That's good. Organizations such as the Red Cross of Oklahoma City also used the film as an opportunity to pass on storm safety information, while others incorporated it into their own advertising. <laughs> Regal Cinemas announced at midnight on August 2nd, 2013, it would play the film roughly in 200 theaters nationally. Tickets sold out quickly in New York, Boston, and Seattle, where more showings were added to appease customer demand. Box office numbers were weak for the midnight showing, estimated at under $200,000. You know, it's because it's like one of those bad movies that everybody loves. You know, there's that handful of bad movies out there that people like because they're bad. You know what I mean? Right. So to be able to go see that in theater on the big screen with a bunch of other people, you know, it's, that's the fun of it. So I'm just really glad that Sharknado is like taking advantage of the fact that they know they're bad, but they're like, hey, we're going to milk this. Oh, it's it's comedy. Uh, I'm going through the, I pulled up, okay, here it is. I pulled up uh, the Mother Jones article in reference to where the National Weather Service was, you know, referenced. So let's let's read the two paragraphs here, okay. Quote, there are records of small fish being picked up by water spouts, but sharks are pretty big and that takes makes it a lot harder, unquote. Harold Brooks, a senior scientist at NOAA's National Severe Storms Laboratory, insists, quote, and how are they going to survive outside of the water? 
My guess is that if the tornado gets some baby sharks, they might get thrown, but they wouldn't do a whole lot of damage assuming they live, unquote. Brooks went on to say that if a twister were strong enough to scoop up a bunch of large sharks, the debris present in tornadoes would metal would essentially fillet the animals. The sharks would not be in very good shape, he says. Chris Vaccaro, spokesman for the National Weather Service, responded similarly. Sharknado seems to fulfill sci-fi's description as a, quote, media destination for imagination-based entertainment, unquote. Vaccaro writes in a statement sent to Mother Jones. Even so, he humored me with his advice for Sharknado readiness. As with any water spout or tornado, the best advice is to be an interior part of your lowest floor of a sturdy building and not outside, whether sharks are raining down or not, unquote. The White House did not respond to my tweet asking President Barack Obama would respond if Sharknadoes occurred over an American city on his watch. <laughs> so Barack Obama has no plan. Oh. No plan to save the American people from a Sharknado. As with anything with our federal government, I don't think that, you know, <laughs> we would be prepared for this. So there's no Sharknado task force? I, Where's I, the Dr. Fauci of Sharknadoes? I, I don't know. <laughs> So, as a follow-up, <laughs> this is even better, Chris Vaccaro, the day after watching Sharknado on TV, emailed me his thoughts on the production. I'd say it met expectations. Even though the overall meteorological premise could be viewed as sensational, the script did include some accurate scientific information, such as the voice stating the National Weather Service issues tornado warnings, that tornadoes are classified on the EF scale, although after the fact, not during, and that hurricane has never hit the California coast before. <laughs> Oh, um, man. Sharknado. There we go. See, I'm glad that they did try to get some of their scientific facts right. But let me just tell you, the same principle applies to cows in a tornado. That is true. Land. That is true. It is hard to pick up a cow. Right. But and it has been done. And all the other done. debris probably would not keep the cows intact, whereas they blow by, they're still mooing at you. Right. Um. Again, basic Hollywood sound effects, basic Hollywood <laughs> effects. Now, I will say this. If you have a water spout and you happen to pick up a cow in a pasture, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of debris to slice said cow. However, again, I don't think cow's going to be just like openly dancing and mooing as he goes by. Just right. And upright. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, upright. and again, the cow could be any, any, you know, orientation to the ground. Right. But I'm <laughs> assuming because cows are top heavy. Right. Yes. That they're going to be legs up. Yes, Exactly. And yes. at that point, I don't, I don't know if he's mooing because he's mooing or mooing because he's scared, you know, crapless or whatever. <laughs> oh, poor cows. But I think, though, it has happened. I'm almost positive sure. Pete Timmer said at one of his meetings he did at the National Weather Service for one of those, what is it, an OU scam meeting, I think. Yeah. He, uh, I think he has seen it. it. It's possible. I mean, the bigger tornadoes, if they can pick up a car, they can pick up a cow. But right. well, I mean, how and, much mooing that cow is doing, well, I didn't mean to rhyme that, but I did. <laughs> how much mooing that cow is doing is probably not a whole lot. No, and I believe I believe he said also said that he had seen horses. I know other storm trees have said that they've seen horses and other small animals picked up and tossed significant distances. Right, which I do believe. Yeah. I mean, it can toss oh, a sure. human, so it sure. can toss a chicken or a bunny or yep. a raccoon. Yep, I've seen. I've heard pigs. 
fish obviously i mean that's that that's been documented people having fish fall out of the sky from a tornado that goes and how many insects how many billions of insects are in a tornado we don't need we don't need bees to pollinate we just need tornadoes yes yes i'm I'm totally kidding by the way shout out to our bee our beekeeping friends um we understand that there is a bee shortage and we do hope that that changes just no, yes. just no more murder hornets or whatever it was. By the way, we we quickly swept over that. Speaking of it being yeah. 2020, you know, and I'm glad they're. I'm glad in theory maybe they're not coming, but uh, yeah, we kind of skipped right over the murder hornets phase of this, which I'm okay with. Well, here's here's what I saw on Twitter. It was probably one of the best tweets that I've ever seen. But it literally said it it was like, what if 2020, all these events, is somebody who like time travel has been invented, and it's someone who keeps coming back to 2020 to try to fix it. But every time they do, they like trigger something else. So they're like, like the murder hornets, they're suddenly just gone. So somebody came back in time and fixed it. But what was the price? So what's the next natural disaster that's going to happen? Because the time traveler fixed the murder wasps. So. I mean, it, it, it's it's back to the future, right? For real, I think it is. So, you know, I I think that this is just our true test as humanity. Like, can you survive 2020? If you can, then you're good. This is like Charles Darwin's ultimate final test. Well, you know, since we're in this age, do we all get participation trophies now? <laughs> Yes, yes, we do because we are all inclusive, and everybody counts. Okay, that's so ter- yes, that's terrible. By the way, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I want I want a gold medal since I've been essential the entire freaking time. Same. So, same. Yeah, I I just want my you know two weeks of vacation. That's all I'm gonna ask. Right. I want my two weeks paid pandemically. That's right. what I want. <laughs> Yes, but those of us that have had to go to work the entire time, um, yes, I understand it's a different experience, and my heart does go out to my friends and family who have been laid off and lost jobs and had to deal with uh, unemployment, all this stuff. Speaking of that, I've seen a lot of my friends out here in Oregon, and you know, my state is messed up for a variety of reasons, as are lots of states at the moment, but our unemployment antiquated system is using computer technology, Bonnie, from like the mid-90s. Okay. It's it's crazy. We haven't updated it. We had the money to update it, but our governor was like, and eh, we'll use that money elsewhere because, you know, that's what's smart. Yeah. So anyways, a friend of mine had been furloughed and had reductions in hours and the amount of money she was making. Well, she finally got all of her back checks from the unemployment department that came in one day, all 11 of them. Wow. Yeah. And this is extremely common right now for the unemployment department in Oregon, where you basically just get a massive amount of money, like in a lump sum, by 11 checks. I mean, I guess that's good. That's how you'll get caught up on everything. But hopefully people use that smartly and they don't go, oh, well, look, I have like 10 grand right here. I'm going to go buy a boat. Like, You know what I mean? Hey, if you're going to buy a boat, I want it to be a pontoon boat. Yes, please. Those are so, they don't get a lot of speed, but oh my gosh, they have like booth seating and like the canopy, like that's a oh, party yeah. boat you right put a, there. You put I'm a water slide it. on it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm all about yes. that. Yes. Bring all about on that. the pontoon. <laughs> that is a wise investment according to, you know, Bobby and Bonnie's financial. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the B-Squared Financial Hour where we tell you how to invest your unemployment checks. 
<laughs> in pontoon boats. Yes. Hey. Make sure something you get, to haul it. Yeah, so. make, make sure you get your boater's license. Available online yes. in most states. So <laughs> I just, you know, my heart does go out to those that have been affected by it. But those of us who have been essential, I, I'm I'm ready for a break, too. Yeah, and just I hope, a little one. Yeah. Just a little one. But, man, I will say this. The year why it has seemed to drag on and drag on and drag on, it has also kind of flown by. Yes. What is that about? That's like it being dusty and humid at the same time. Like, how is it going by so fast, but also dragging on? Like, it doesn't even make sense. It is the time-space continuum. I'm just saying. I, I think your time travel theory is probably correct, but we will see. Right? I mean, time will tell. Right? My golf game is drastically improved, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I'm glad you've had time to practice on your golf game. Oh, I haven't practiced. I've actually just gone out and played and like actually taken my time and enjoyed it. And then my game has reflectively gotten much better. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm happy oh, for you. See you. silver linings of 2020. Always. Always. You got to find that silver lining. For real. And we're making light of a lot of this stuff. And trust me, we take it all seriously. And Very. it's all devastating and terrible. But at some point, you just kind of have to laugh about it or you will go crazy. So right. that's where the jokes are coming yep. from. And we and we talked about that in, you know, March and April and May, you know. And June. And June now <laughs> where, you know, if you are struggling with somebody, please reach out to a professional. Call, you know, your community services. Call a church. Call somebody that you trust that will listen to you and help you walk through because listen there are moments where we all get down i mean i've had mm -hmm. my days and weeks where you're just like this sucks i want to do something and i can't i don't like yeah. being told i can't do something that's not fun so you know if you do need help reach out to bonnie or i you guys can get a hold of us you know pretty much 24 hours a day seven days a week right now on my sleep schedule and yours you know, we're yeah. always available at Weather Podcast. And if we don't immediately respond, we will very quickly. Yeah, so, 100%. And just know. remember, we're all in this boat. We're oh, all yeah. dealing with the same stuff. Exactly. Nobody is not, and we're all in this together. Um, not to digress, but we do here on the show quite frequently. If you have not watched the show Lennox Hill on Netflix, it is following a group of doctors uh, from a hospital in New York City. It's pretty graphic. It's, you know, very real and very raw. And if that's not your thing, I understand. But I want you to go watch the episode on the coronavirus. It's the last episode, and it's actually just a special episode they posted a couple days ago. Just go watch that to see the progression of how this ERs had to change their plans. And it's very, very eye-opening. Wow. Especially when they talk about bringing in refrigerated semis to store bodies because the morgue is too busy. Whew. That one, that part, I was just like, okay. You know, and again, you mentioned OU requiring people to wear a mask. I have to wear a mask when I go to work at Amazon. I have to go wear a mask when I'm out in public at my job at the bar. I will say this. I have seen maybe five, six people have wear, worn a mask while inside. It's a requirement in the county we live in and I work in. But because you're dancing, it's considered an exertive exercise or a strenuous exercise, so you don't have to wear one. Well, you also don't have to wear a mask if you're eating or drinking, right? 
So people come into where I work and they don't wear a mask, period, because, well, I'm dancing and I'm eating and drinking. So am I going to take it on, off, on, off? And they decide, well, we're just not going to wear one. And look, I get it. Wearing a mask, you do feel like you can't breathe even if you're just sitting down. But it's like of all the things that we could be asked to do, I feel like wearing a mask is not that big of a deal. And like I said, it does suck. It really does. It doesn't feel good. Women wear makeup and they're like, ooh, it's smudging my makeup. Like it is an inconvenience. But of all the inconveniences there could possibly be, this is a pretty small one. Right. So let's just suck it up for a while so we can get a handle on this. And then things will go back to like during flu season, we don't have to wear a mask. I'm sure back when the flu was first a thing, that was one of the things that was required. So right. things will get back to normal. We just got to get there first. Right. And we're close. I mean, and again, I understand there's a spike in cases. The overall death toll, though, is remaining relatively flat. Mm-hmm. And again, it's due to better testing. We're finding out that, you know, there are a lot of people probably had this in one form or another, which we thought would probably be the case. Yeah. Again, I don't want to talk about health models because Lord knows my head will explode. I've talked yeah. about that on the show a lot. But again, let's just take some standard precautions, right? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's the collective. So let's right. let's just take a step back and realize, OK, we can do this for a little bit and then it will be done. Exactly. That's all that it is. And so people who are like, it's infringing on my rights, blah, 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 blah. Like, let's not get that dramatic about it. Okay. It's really not like that. This is how we have to handle a new disease that we have no information on. Okay. Like if that's the bottom line, so let's just all chill. Yep. Just take a, just take a a temporary, just a five minute deep breath, right? With a mask on please. Or if you're, you know, by yourself, honestly, if you really want to get out and you feel like you need to breathe, go to the coast, Go to the mountains. Go to somewhere where you know people aren't going to be in large quantities. No, the beach they might be. But an open space where there's plenty of fresh air. Okay? Yeah. Take 10 minutes. Take a deep breath there. It will make you feel a lot better about yourself. Listen, I get it. Masks make you tired. The fatigue level is high. The burnout factor is high. Okay? I work in a warehouse. I'm walking 15 miles a day. Okay? It's not easy in a mask. I'm having to use a radio every single second. It's not easy to wear a mask. Okay. Just do it. It's going to keep you safe. It's going to keep me safe. It's going to keep all of us safe. And I get that there are people that won't. And I understand their arguments. Okay. Some people have to for health reasons. I know a lot of my friends who have asthma can't wear a mask because they literally feel like they are choking to death. That Mm -hmm. to me scares me. Like I, I, you know, I'm immune compromised for the most part. I have Crohn's disease. I'm on medication that I take. I'm in constant contact with my team of doctors. I know what they recommend and what they say. But I wear a mask because I want to stay safe. But I could not imagine like putting on a mask and feeling like I'm choking. That just that would blow my mind. Yeah, like a claustrophobic feeling. Like I can totally see that. And that's right. one where, you know, when you feel that way, it's okay to take it off of one ear, take a couple of big deep breaths and put it back on. Like it's okay. But like try to like you know, see the silver lining. There's a million different masks out there. There's sports themed ones. There's TV show themed ones. Like, you know, you could get one to match every outfit you have. Like, you know, like try. And I know plenty of girls that do that too. Yeah. Like, I mean, just try get, get masks that match your purse. Like, you know, like just try to make the most of it right now. Right. That's all we can do. And if you don't want to wear one, stay home. Yeah. Or stay in your car. Yeah. 
but you know, it's not really about you. It's about the people around you. And you know, like how awful would you feel if you were the one that did spread it to somebody who couldn't handle it and they did pass away. Now, granted, you might never know that you might never know it was you that passed it on to this person, but still just for everyone else's sake, let's just be safe for a little while. I mean, you know, it's just like wearing a condom. Yeah. More we do less. it for safety. Like, come on. Like, you know, like, you still want to go out and do fun stuff? Well, use protection. So there you go. Yeah. So, again, just, you know, take take a moment and figure out what you want to do. Right? Yeah. You don't have to You don't have to be out in public all the time. You don't have to stay home all the time. That's obvious. And I, I understand. We're, being cooped up sucks. Okay? It does. I was placed, like we've talked about on the show, I was placed in a, in a voluntary, well, an involuntary quarantine on my part. Just because I was around somebody that possibly had, you know, exposure. Okay, I get it. Sitting in my, you know, 12 by 12 room is not fun. That's 144 square feet of boredom. Yeah. Yes, I have a laptop and a TV and a printer and a microphone and I can do a whole bunch of really cool stuff. But that only, you know, is cool for about five minutes. And then you're like, well, what else can I do? Hey, it's really nice outside, but I can't go out there. So. Let's just take a moment, figure out what we want to do, but please be smart. Please just wear a mask. This will end soon. I promise that. Yeah. I do promise that. We will not be dealing with this next year. I guarantee it. I mean, we will if people won't yeah, okay. wear masks or stay home or whatever the you know the okay. issue is. My, my the guarantee, longer we don't do that, yeah, my mar- the my, longer this will be. My guarantee comes <laughs> with an asterisk. Okay, let me just put it that way. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I like that. So... Uh, all right, enough of doomsday. And again, shout out to emergency management folks who are listening to the show like, oh, man, you've talked about Sharknado and now this. Where else are we going? Well, we're going to uh, transit to a much happier topic, and that's our actual forecast. Bonnie, what do you guys have coming up in Oklahoma City? Well, dust still hanging around for the next few days, and then the heat is returning. By Wednesday, we're going to have heat indexes well over 100. I'm talking near 104, 105, 107. So that'll be fun. So a little hot. A little bit hot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and the humidity will be there with that as well. Oh, I I'm, sure. I'm sure. How does I'm sure. I'm going to start a GoFundMe for a pool. So You should. You should. <laughs> but whatever. It's fine. Well, you might want to. I'll get a sprinkler. You're right. You might want to <laughs> mute my forecaster because you're going you're gonna to hate me. So uh, chance of showers today. Highs topping out around 70. Tomorrow we move back into a normal pattern and i'll explain to you what this normal pattern is in a second so we'll be sunny on monday high 75 tuesday chance of rain 70 wednesday chance of rain 70 thursday 75 so here's how it works in the pacific northwest before the fourth of july and usually the week before maybe two weeks where we have really crappy weekends like the weather on weekends are terrible rainy humid 75 showers on and off slight chance of thunderstorms here and there blah 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 can really ruin your plans Then we get to Monday through Friday, and it's glorious. Temperatures in the 80s, sunny skies, beautiful, great. Weekends, right back into the rain. Come the 4th of July, it's hit and miss, but July 5th, boom, that high pressure just camps right on top of us and is here through September. Nice. Yeah. That's weird. You've got kind of a messy couple of weeks, and then it's like, boom. Right. No more problems. (laughs) It is exactly what happens here in the Pacific Northwest. It's the funniest thing in the world. So that's what we get to deal with. Well, we kind of deal with the same thing, except ours is called the heat dome. So 
You're, we don't have yeah, a lot happen, and we just have heat and humidity, and we're all roasting. I know how here. much you love that. I do. I love it so much. <laughs> I would love it more if I had a pool. That is true. You need to. You need to get a pool. Yeah, we, I do. We, we can start to go fund me. Well, and the deal is, I have this crappy shed out there, and I want to take that down and put the pool right there because the grass and everything's already dead. So it's like I could just put the pool right there. How big of a shed is it? Uh, it's like one of those normal ones, like what you see, like in a Lowe's parking lot or something. I got you. Like that kind of thing. Is like, it, I mean, it's, it's decent. Is it a good, is it like an actual, like good quality or is it kind of crappy? Uh, it's pretty good quality. It needs some help in the flooring area inside. But other than that, like the structure part is fine. Could you move it somewhere? I think it would require to be disassembled. And oh, I got you. Moved. Yeah. I was going to say, it's another project for your handyman next time he's over. Right, like here, put this somewhere. No, you should. And put you it totally in a pool. <laughs> yeah, literally, you should make it happen. I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he will thoroughly enjoy that. So, right. All right, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon, and I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.